Hi, and thanks for listening to a little more conversation. I'm Ben O'Hara-Byrne. Today we have complete coverage as Alberta Premier Jason Kenney announces his resignation after the results of a leadership review by his United Conservative Party membership showed only 51.4% support for him staying on as leader. From political insiders to a former federal cabinet colleague and political reporters in Alberta, we look at Kenney's three years as Premier, what sowed so much division within his own party, whether he's made the right choice in stepping down, and what lies ahead for a very divided, united Conservative Party with a provincial election just a year away. What a night it's been already. Jason Kenney has announced that he's resigning as uh, Premier of Alberta and as head of the United Conservative Party that came after a leadership review. Uh, It was a close vote, far too close uh, for his comfort. Let's listen to how it was announced a little earlier in Calgary. I can advise that there were 34,298 votes cast. There were 17,638 yes votes and 16,660 no votes. These numbers represent 51.4% yes and 48.6% no. Well, too close for comfort. Um, Kenny had said earlier that even on a close vote, he might be tempted to stay in power, to stay as both premier and as a party leader. But uh, it turns out that was just too close. Uh, He took to the podium soon after. And uh, this is what he had to say. While 51% of the vote passes the constitutional threshold of a majority, it clearly is not adequate support to continue on as leader. And that is why tonight I have informed the president of the party of my intention to step down as leader of the United Conservative Party. I'm sorry, but friends, I truly believe that we need to move forward united. We need to put the past behind us. And our members, a large number of our members, have asked for an opportunity to clear the air through a leadership election. So there you have it. Um, Jason Kenney's been in politics a very long time. He's, if anything, always been an astute politician and obviously realized that uh, those numbers simply weren't enough uh, to allow him to stay, uh, considering... And he went on to mention later the divisiveness within the party over the past few years. Uh, So it brings to an end uh, what has been a uh, storied political career. It may not be over yet, uh, but certainly a short time uh, in provincial politics, or at least as Alberta Premier, just three years. Surprised, perhaps. uh, The writing perhaps was on the wall. It it was hard to tell going in. I think certainly Jason Kenney was convinced he might get more than a simple 51%. Well, joining me now is Dave Breckenridge. He's the managing editor at uh, the Edmonton Journal, Edmonton Sun, and uh, the host of the 10 Free Broadca- Podcast. Um, we've torn him away from the hockey game to, to speak to us tonight about uh, the other big news coming out of Alberta tonight. It's all coming out of Alberta tonight. Dave, uh, this was, um, how surprising was this? I, you know, I, I was very surprised. I I didn't expect that Jason Kenney would get resounding support from the UCP membership. Um, I, I figured that maybe it would be as low as, as maybe 60%. I, I was really surprised that it was as close to 50%, as close to having negative support, if you, if you will, right, to, to have a minority of support in the party. And, it, you know, I know earlier in the lead-up to all this, he, he had been talking about 
all he needs for a win is is 50% plus one vote, as if it were a referendum um, or something, you know, or yeah. uh, it's like it, it, debating whether the a, a province can leave the country. But I know we had talked about that heading into it, but I think deep down even he knew that a tally as low as he got was not enough support to continue on as leader and probably would have led to more division within the party had he stuck around. So probably for the best interests of his party, party that he helped create, it was probably the right thing for him to do to step down, given that, you know, that just the support wasn't there. And, and for people who have followed Alberta politics previously, it's well below what, you know, Ed Stelmack received when, when he, his leadership review before he stepped down, Alison Redford, same thing. And it's even less than what Ralph Klein had way back in 2005. And Ralph Klein was seen as a very popular premier, but even he didn't have enough to uh, support of, of the members to, to hang on to his own leadership. So I think for Jason Kenney, surprising that it was that low, but not surprising he made the decision that he did to announce his resignation as leader. Yeah, as soon as they announced 51.4% uh, on the yes side, I think any outside observer thought that just isn't enough to hang on uh, as premier or leader of the party. Uh, were you surprised by the results, though? I mean, we knew that there was anger out there. We knew after they had been shifted from an in-person vote uh, five, six weeks ago to this mail-in vote uh, that maybe, just maybe, he had uh, done enough. And over the last you know, six weeks, he's certainly been out there and very positive. Uh, were you surprised about just how close it was? In a way, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's always hard to tell with party party contests compared to the the population as a whole in terms of where support really lies but over the last little bit you're right jason kenny has been out there he's been trying to make you know big announcements about how you know how good things are going in the province right now we've ended all of our covid restrictions or most of them anyway that were a big sticking point for members we're starting to see some positive economic signs. So he was really out there and other members of his, his cabinet who are seen as Kenny loyalists were out there really trying to sell this idea that things are good right now and probably hoping that that might sway some people uh, to, to vote that, yes, we support our leader. But I, so in a way I am surprised is, is that this is a guy who's got a, a history of really strong campaigning, uh, both at the federal and, and at the provincial level, um, and strong organizing, and and really has kind of worked hard to portray a, a positive image. But at the end of the day, right, the the party membership are not happy with where things are at, and I think it almost has more to do with judging him for how unpopular the party is under his leadership with a broad base of Albertans, as opposed to what they think about him in terms of one policy or another. Yeah, I mean, for listeners outside of Alberta who've watched this sort of in and out, seen Jason Kenney, uh, you know, have, I mean, he's certainly been out there. He's certainly been a prominent uh, premier. Uh, his attacks on Ottawa, of course, par for the course. But where did it all go wrong for Jason Kenney? Because it started off quite positively, uh, but it seemed to go downhill pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, with his, his popularity with with voters in Alberta in general, I think he didn't have as long a honeymoon as, as some 
premiers have after they were elected. He got elected and then his popularity dipped a bit, a little sooner than I, I think some people would have expected when you looked at, at public opinion polls. But the COVID-19 pandemic has really done a number on him from both sides of the political spectrum. You have people who feel that um, he didn't do enough to stop the spread of COVID-19 uh, early on. He, you know, he he had cabinet ministers fighting with doctors in the drive in their driveway. Um, he that he didn't do enough to to make Alberta safer for people during the COVID nineteen pandemic. And on the flip side, there's a whole swath of people within his party who feel that they went way too far. That you know restrictions on restaurants and and other businesses were too harsh and were too anti-business and caused people to lose their jobs and were anti, you know, went against the whole notion of freedom uh, as a word we've heard a lot over the last couple of years. So he was really getting it from both sides through the last two years. And I think that that just sank his, his support with the whole of the province and, and really there fomented this anger among his own party members specifically those who, who felt that COVID-19 wasn't as bad as people were making it out to be, and restrictions were very anti-business, which is something that he campaigned on being very pro-business. I'm speaking with Dave Breckenridge, Managing Editor at the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun and the host of the 10-3 podcast. We're talking about Jason Kenney. Uh, tonight, uh, the judgment was served by the membership of the United Conservative Party. Uh, they did... Uh, favor him. Yeah, the yes side did win uh, in this case. Uh, the support for Jason Kenney was above 50%, but 51.4%, just not enough. And Jason Kenney shortly after announced that he'd be stepping down both as leader of the party and as Premier of Alberta. It, it is a, a stunning turn of events politically, really. Rachel Notley tonight, uh, the opposition leader saying, I want to thank Jason Kenney for his public service. Uh, there are obviously many things about which we don't agree, but that doesn't negate the time and sacrifice that goes into taking on the role of Premier. The work is never easy. The days are long and often difficult, as I'm sure today is. I wish Jason the best. I will have more to say to Albertans tomorrow. After this, we'll talk about what comes next. Don't go away. Talking about uh, Jason Kenney tonight. Jason Kenney's resigned. Uh, it was uh, the results of his leadership review, his United Conservative Party leadership review. The mail-in ballots all counted. Only 51%, 51.4% of his party uh, offered them his, uh, you know, a, a vote of confidence. Uh, and of course, uh, nearly half said absolutely not. They wanted to move on. And upon reflection, even though he'd said that uh, he may be willing to live with a close vote, uh, clearly that one was too close. I'm speaking with Dave Breckenridge. He's the um, editor of the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun, the host of the 10-3 podcast as well about uh, what happened. And uh, I guess the big question now is what happens next? Uh, this is going to all unfold pretty quickly, I think, for at least an interim replacement. Then they have to find a new leader before an election next year. Yeah, I mean, the timeline is pretty tight. I can't imagine any party really wants to be in the middle of a leadership race with the clock ticking down less than a year toward the next election. But that's the position that UCP members have put their party in. Um, and some might argue that that's the position Jason Kenney put the party in. But that's so that's where they're at. So uh, the UCP caucus is set to have a caucus meeting Thursday. They could potentially have an interim leader in place by tomorrow. Um Whoever wins the interim leadership cannot run for permanent leadership, so that might exclude some MLAs who have designs on on 
taking over for Jason Kenney in the long term and, and leading the party into the next election. And there are MLAs that whose names have been out there. There's um, Brian Jean, who came back to provincial politics with the sole purpose of ousting Jason Kenney. And, and uh, there's Doug Schweitzer, um, cabinet minister. Um, there are a handful of other names that are being tossed out around out there. I know uh, former radio host Danielle Smith is, has a press conference scheduled for Thursday as well. She could easily announce her intentions to run for leader, but for the time being, there'll be an interim leader chosen. That person will be uh, sworn in as premier, I believe. One interesting thing, and our, one of our legislature reporters just pointed this out on Twitter, is that mm-hmm. in his speech, Jason Kenney talked about um, the party members have asked for an opportunity to clear the air through a leadership election. So he announced he's stepping down as leader, and right. I don't necessarily think he's going to run again, for the leadership, but he, the possibility he is there and he could actually, you know, run a solid campaign and beat out a bunch of other contenders. He has 51% support of the members of the party. So that would be an interesting, yeah, I mean, certainly he'd be the, one would suspect that, uh, that he might be the favorite if he went in right now, uh, <laughs> with, with the, with the 51%. Interestingly enough, Brian Jean uh, just tweeted, I want to thank Jason Kenney for his quarter century of public service for Albertans and Canadians. As I've said for several weeks now, no one understands political traditions and conventions more than Jason Kenney. And I want to thank him for his decent and honorable concessions. So Brian Jean basically saying, thanks for your quarter century of public service, which would suggest Brian Jean doesn't think he's running again. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, you mentioned some of the favorites i mean where does this leave rachel notley and the ndp uh, going into that this election a year from now well i know a lot of people thought that she would be happier to be facing jason kenney next may than another possible leader because jason kenney is is so unpopular with albertans right now it would appear to be an easy victory the same can hold true for the UCP in general. Like you, you may get a leader who's popular with the UCP base, but who may not appeal to mainstream Alberta voters. It's really hard to say. There, there are some leaders who poll better than Jason Kenney was polling against Rachel Notley, and there are, we don't we don't know what the leadership race is going to look like. And so the question is: Is it going to be a short leadership race to give the the new leader more time to get in front of voters? and spend time in the legislature and and really become the public face of the party and does that do the party um good in terms of in terms of its electoral chances or will they have maybe a little longer of a leadership race to give contestants a chance to really debate the future of the party i think that's the the ucp has been so intertwined with jason kenney and jason kenney's political philosophy and what Jason Kenney has wanted to do that maybe the party needs to put a fresh spin on it. And so maybe they need a, a little bit longer, a leadership race to cement that, that vision heading into the next election. And I guess in their case, hoping to build up some momentum and carry that right through the election. Um, some final thoughts just about, about Jason Kenney's three years as premier. How would you sum it up? Well, I mean, like a lot of like a lot of premiers and, and politicians in, in Canada, I, I feel like they were really thrown for a loop by COVID nineteen, and and some rose to the occasion, and some really struggled in terms of how to handle the crisis, how to uh, appear compassionate and and also steadfast. And I think there were areas of the pandemic where Jason Kenney struggled to be that 
public caring face. It was like some some days it was Professor Kenny when he was really dealing with, you know, COVID projections and numbers and data. And, and he came off cold at times. I feel like there were other areas where he struck a personally, I feel like he struck a, a balance on some of the measures, the, the idea that perhaps maybe we, you know, in places where COVID isn't as, as, um, as rampant as other areas that, that maybe they don't need restrictions as tight as, as, other areas of the province, I feel that, that there were instances where a balance needed to be struck between really harsh restrictions and allowing people who are vaccinated freedoms. And, and so I feel like there's a bit of a mixed bag. I, I feel like when he was elected in 2019, he had an agenda that he wanted to, to get through in terms of balancing the province's books, uh, re- kickstarting the economy, encouraging investment in Alberta, making Alberta attractive from a taxation perspective. And a lot of that was blown out of the water by the COVID-19 pandemic. And I don't think he necessarily pivoted as well as the province needed him to. Dave Breckenridge, thanks so much for your time tonight. I appreciate your insight and I look forward to talking to you about what comes next. Um, I appreciate it. I'll let you get back to the hockey game. Thanks for having me, Ben. The result is not what I hoped for or frankly what I expected. But I've been clear from day one that I will respect the decision of the members in this leadership review. And I expect all members of our party to do just that. Friends, while while 51% of the vote passes the constitutional threshold of a majority, it clearly is not adequate support to continue on as leader. And that is why tonight I have informed the president of the party of my intention to step down as leader of the United Conservative Party. I'm sorry, but friends, I truly believe that we need to move forward united. We need to put the past behind us. And our members, a large number of our members, have asked for an opportunity to clear the air through a leadership election. And I've recommended, therefore, uh, that uh, the provincial board schedule a leadership election in a timely fashion. Jason Kenney there tonight. After the results of the uh, UCP's United Conservative Party's uh, leadership review were announced, only 51.4% support uh, for the Premier. Uh, you could tell it was a bit of a, a bit of an odd cadence to the speech because at first it sounded like, and he because he'd said this before, uh, that a close uh, result might not mean that he would step down, that a close result might mean that he would stay on. Um, but you could hear as he progressed with his speech right after those results were made public that he had decided that 51.4% simply wasn't enough to be able to hang on to the leadership of the party or as Premier of Alberta. Well, joining me more, uh, joining me now with more is Erica Baruch. She's Vice President of Western Canada for the national strategic communications firm Enterprise Canada and a former United Conservative Party President. Erica, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks for having me. Um, just your initial reaction. I mean, we, we heard the result and then the speech started quite optimistically. I think for people in the room, at least they thought maybe he was going to stay on and suddenly he said he wasn't, uh, did that come as a surprise? I think whether you were supporting Jason Kenney in this leadership or not, your jaw dropped in that very moment, uh, once he'd announced that he would be stepping down. Why was that? I mean, he had made sort of, he discussed what kind of uh, margin of victory he might need, mm-hmm. but he never really came out and, and 
sort of described a number. Was 51.4% just too close? Well, I mean, I can't speak for him. I assume that he's thought a lot about all these different scenarios. And, you know, he had previously said that even if it was 50, you know, the 50% plus one that is required by the party, um, he would stay on. But, you know, he's probably also looking at what that means for the party. I, you know, I wish he would have stayed. However, I think that he did the classy thing that he did. He said this to me and party members many times that he would always put the party first. And that's likely why he made this decision that he thought that, you know, with with the, the clear divide of party, the party membership, um, that this is in the best interest of the party. And as much as, like I said, I, I wish he would say I completely respect that. And I think it was a very classy move uh, to put the party first right now. Yeah, Erica, tell me a bit about about what's happened over the last few years that would that would sort of propel so many people within the party to want to get rid of their of, of not just their leader but the premier of the province understanding the kind of uh, the kind of convulsions that might cause yeah well unfortunately especially in this province conservatives seem to eat their own um, and so you know I mean coming into this party it's still brand new it's you know only a couple of years old five years uh, I think it was today that the unity agreement was signed uh, by Brian Jean and, and Jason Kenney so you know, when you're, it's never was never going to be unified right off the bat. It needed to continue attention and finesse. Um, and unfortunately, when a pandemic happens, and as we saw across the entire nation, but especially in Alberta and especially within the UCP caucus, a divide on what should or should not have been done during this pandemic on restrictions and, and the approach. And I think that that really did divide both the caucus um, as well as the the party a little bit more. It elevated some of maybe the smaller challenges that were inherited by having two legacy parties merge. And unfortunately, I think that it became to the point where the leadership um, or the membership just had felt that, you know, they were still divided. Uh, we are entering, you know, a strong economy. This government has done incredible things on getting investments here. And focusing on the tech sector and innovation, um, balanced budget, all of these great things. But I think that the timing, it was just not enough for the membership to have the confidence back in to give him, you know, a significant mandate or significant majority to continue as the leader. Because just watching him over the last uh, couple of months, uh, whether it be his trip to the U.S. this week or or different announcements that he's made, the court, uh, the court decision last week, it, it seemed like he had found his feet uh, at least from an outsider's point of view. I mean, I watch it from BC, but it felt like we were watching Jason Kenny kind of grow into the role again. Uh, was that the impression you, you had? Was he was he just not given enough time now to to kind of bounce back from from what had been a very difficult few years for lots of leaders? I, I definitely agree. I think that this last couple of weeks has shown the type of premier that he is, uh, could be, and and wanted to be. But unfortunately, a lot of those great. Um, moves that are getting our fair deal to showcasing investment um, were kind of drowned out by the pandemic and and those internal caucus challenges. So, yes, but if you work backwards from the announcement today, the, the individuals needed to submit or have their vote in by May 11th at 5 p.m. to Deloitte. So when you work backwards, and especially if you live in a rural area, you would have sent that before all, a lot of these um, great news stories came forward. And in fairness, I mean, to all those people that were not in support of Jason Kenney um, in this leadership, uh, they didn't win tonight. Uh, I think that ultimately it, it's a, a loss for the party as a whole because it does show 
the the divide of the party. Uh, so lots of work needs to be done by the party itself, by the memberships rallying behind whomever is the next leader in order to stay in government in, in, in a year's time. Yeah, I mean, as a former United Conservative Party president, uh, how big a challenge do you think? I mean, the one thing that was definitive about tonight's result was just how divisive it was. I mean, 51.4 to 48.6 is about as close as it gets. How, how does the party find a way to unite? And you have an election coming up uh, in a year. Well, it definitely, I think, as Premier said this evening, um, he's requested that the party kind of, you know, get get in front of having a leadership race. It's a timely one in order to give whoever is the successor time to, to get that party united under their leadership. Um, you know, I think we're going to see a bit more divisiveness as we enter a leadership race, as you always would, with different people vying for a job and a different vision. Um, but I do love this party and I love the, the members. And I believe that regardless of who becomes the next leader, we will all come back to where we were, you know, heading into 2019 and, and coming together around the values that bring us to make our party as opposed to what's dividing us, which I think is unfortunately where a lot of the members currently sat. If you put on, if you put on your, your sort of your, your, your critics hat, uh, you know, your, your, your neutral observers hat, I know that stuff. Where do you think it went wrong? <laughs> where do you think it went wrong? Because yeah. I mean, I covered Jason Kenney a lot when he was a cabinet minister in Ottawa. I mean, he's always been a talented politician. It wasn't clear whether he'd be a talented leader during a very tough time. Uh, but where do you think it, 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 where do you think the missteps were? I don't think it was one single event. I don't, I don't think that the, the pandemic helped in any way to create divisiveness within the province as a whole, but also within the membership. But I don't think it was a single event. I think there's a lot of smaller things you can point at. I would say that there a big challenge that people don't necessarily realize is being a, a government MLA is very different than being an op, uh, opposition MLA. And I think that that, um, reflects on both the leadership because Jason Kenney does, you know, grew up and his entire career has been in politics that it's second nature to him, but having so many rookie MLAs and so many that had had been opposition MLAs, but never a part of government caucus. Um, those are very different things. So I think there was, you know, even from day one of government, they didn't do maybe the best job at onboarding these MLAs and also having MLAs that realize that, you know, ultimately, you, you're you now in a position not of throwing the grenades, but being in a position of taking, you know, making the tough decisions, having to swallow the fact you might not agree with the decision that was made in caucus, but ultimately you have to come out and, and support that and reiterate that to your constituents. And that doesn't happen overnight. And I think it was something that was a challenge from day one for, for this government. And ultimately, you know, again, as time went on and we lived in a pandemic for more than half of this um, premiership, that also exposed it because it didn't have people playing as a team, um, which, as we know, as, as there's a, the Battle of Alberta currently happening, you've got to play as a team and you've got to have bench strength uh, and everyone, every player matters. 
I'm speaking with Erica Baruts, Vice President of for West, of Western Canada for National Strategic Communications Firm Enterprise Canada and a former United Conservative Party president. We're talking about Jason Kenney's resignation uh, late today, both as Premier and as leader of the United Conservative Party, just three years after he was elected Premier uh, of a party that he helped create uh, after suffering through a uh, leadership review that he won, as a matter of fact, but with uh, 51.4% of, of the support of about 34,000 mail-in ballots, which he decided for the good of the party, uh, just wasn't enough to, to carry on. After this, we'll talk a bit more about what lies ahead, who could be the next leader, um, and uh, what it means overall for Alberta politics. There's an election again coming up in a year's time, and the UCP have to choose a new leader and be ready to go by then. So quite the challenge. We'll talk about that after the this past uh, half hour, we've been talking about Jason Kenney's resignation late today following uh, the results of the United Conservative Party's leadership review. He received 51.4% support. Um, he had said he might stay on if it was close. It turned out to be too close. Uh, in a speech shortly after the results were made public, uh, Kenney spoke about trying about the party having spoken, in his case, uh, stepping down, both as premier and leader of the party, to give uh, membership an opportunity to uh, unite and bring in a new leader. Leader. There is an election coming up in a year. I'm speaking with Erica Brutes. She's the vice president of Western Canada for National Strategic Communications Firm Enterprise Canada and a former United Conservative Party uh, president. Uh, a lot of challenges. I mean, just trying to organize a leadership race uh, or a leadership process with an election coming up in a year, that's, that's going to be quite the challenge for the party, Erica. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, not only does the you know internal apparatus costs money, but it also takes, you know, a, a lot of effort and a lot of resources to get that up and running. So, you know, kind of the earliest I would think you could have this all organized and, and set a date for would be six months. But also add the fact that the party is in nominations uh, to elect their local candidates. Um, and, and that's, you know, this is the appropriate time you'd be focused on that. And then lastly, we also, within the conservative movement, have the federal conservative leadership race um, with the election early fall. Um, so lots of moving pieces that the party's going to have to take into consideration for both resources and timing um, that make it, you know, even more chaotic than, than it would be in the best of times of a leadership race. Um, do you, do you see any, I mean, who, who would really be in contention as interim? What kind of work are they going to have to do? The interim leader is certainly going to have to hold down the fort, um, luckily through the summer where it's not quite as busy, but there will be some eyes on that. And then who do you think uh, stands a good chance of, uh, who do you think is going to throw their name in the hat do you, for, for leadership? Yeah, so actually on that, um, it is obviously going to be a discussion at caucus tomorrow, but Jason Kenney did not say that he he was not going to stay on as leader until a successor was found. And we saw that happen right. as recently as Brian Pallister in, um, in Manitoba. So, you know, that doesn't mean that he's not going to stay as premier until that happens. Uh, very right. well could be the, the chance that he, you know, chooses to step down. So that is all going to be decided by, you know, caucus and, and the current leader on what that looks like um, from the caucus and government perspective. And then uh, when it comes to individuals, I know, you know, Brian Jean has not been quiet that those are his intentions is to, um, you know, get be, be in a position to run for premier. Uh, I believe that, you know, Danielle Smith has also said she'd consider it. She still has to run in her own nomination in Livingston McLeod in Southern Alberta. 
And that nomination hasn't been opened yet, um, you know, but but I believe she is holding a press conference tomorrow, which you can only speculate what that press conference would be. It's not really <laughs> probably a big secret, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's lots of rumblings. I think, though, so. you know, there's there's obviously been challenges within the caucus. Um, and so, you know, this leader is not going to only come into whomever it may be. And I suspect some private sectors, some other caucus members will put their names forward. Um, it's still so early. And I believe if you were really focused on the party itself, this hasn't crossed your mind yet. Um, or you wouldn't be making an announcement tomorrow kind of thing. Um, if that wasn't your intentions yes. all along. But um, regardless, the next leader is going to step into uh, the infancy of the party again. They're going to have to focus on what values and direction the membership wants, how to manage caucus, how to get everyone, you know, and have that relate to a relationship with caucus. Um, and then ultimately also go up against, uh, you know, a very strong contender for premier. You're running against someone that's also held that title. So it's, it's a very big uphill battle. So whomever puts their name forward, kudos to them because she ain't going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the, uh, have you been getting reaction tonight from within the party at all? Were people, were, were other UCP members, were they, were they disappointed? Were they, were they surprised? Um, I mean, obviously it was, it was a very evenly divided vote, but what kind of reaction are you hearing uh, from within the party tonight? Is there optimism that this will all work out? You know what? I mean, we like we all are here because we love the party. Um, leaders can come and go. Elected officials can come and go. Presidents can come and go. Um, but what's ultimately true is that we we came together. We are like work. Want to, I guess everyone wants to work towards being truly a united conservative party. So I do think there's optimism, but I think it's way too early to say that you know like we're not all sitting here emotional. On either, you know, some may be excited and some may be, you know, upset by by the recent news. I think all of us can say that we're shocked um, by how this evening ended. Um, and I think that, you know, the optimism will come back because we see, you know, otherwise this means that we have a, a new Democrat party as our government. Like that's the alternative here. So we need to rally together and find out what what brought us together in the first place um, and, and go into this election as a team. And I think right now we're, we're um, you know, a little bit disjointed there, but it will come. I have optimism, but it, it's still not, I don't think it's a fun night uh, for anyone. Any final thoughts for, for the three years that Jason Kenney was, in fact, premier? It must have been a heady time uh, when when it when the victory happened. There must have been a lot of optimism heading in. Any final thoughts for, for what the last three years meant and, and where to go from here? I think, you know what, Premier Kenney had everything, everything you could ask for in a premier. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he was dealt the best deck of cards, like, for any elected official, whether I agree with um, them ideologically or not, managing a pandemic is hard. And I, I have sympathy for anyone that had to make those tough decisions. Um, so, you know, I don't think he got to do the things he intended to do, whether they had a strong legislative agenda. Um, but in this case, you know, he, like you said earlier, he was starting to be able to be the premier. Like not many people can go down and talk to the Senate in Washington and have their support. Um, like he did this week. But unfortunately, you know, I think that obviously the membership had already determined that fate. And even though he won, um, again, he, like all of us, loved this party so much that he 
you know, kind of sacrificed himself for the greater good. And I, that is something I will always appreciate of his character. Erica Brutz, thank you so much for your time tonight. It'll be uh, certainly an interesting uh, year or last six months ahead for the United Conservative Party. And I uh, look forward to speaking to you again about what unfolds. Yes, definitely. I do think uh, we'll all be eating popcorn for the next little while, whether it's for playoffs or politics. But <laughs> it'll always be an interesting time in Alberta. Indeed. Erica, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Premier Jason Kenney of Alberta tonight announcing his resignation. A surprise to many. Um, he'd undergone a leadership review under his own party, membership of his own party, some 34,000 mail-in ballots. And uh, the results were very close, 51.4% support for Kenny staying on as leader of the party. But of course, uh, it wasn't enough. Jason Kenny seeing the other 48.6 and understanding, no doubt, that that was just uh, too close to remain, that the divisions that have uh, that have sown through the party over, over the last year, two years or so, would only continue, the fighting would only continue. So it was time, he said, to clear the air and allow the party to choose a new leader. Um, and hopefully unite ahead of an election that's now just a year away against a uh, strong NDP under Rachel Notley at this point. Uh, with more on this, I'm joined by Catherine Grakowski. She's the Alberta legislature reporter for Alberta Today. Catherine, thank you so much for your time, as always. Thanks so much for having me on, Ben. What was your reaction when you heard the, uh, I mean, we first saw the results. It was all very kind of by the facts, you know, here they are, this many yeses, this many noes. And then Jason Kenney appeared soon after. And I guess at the beginning of that speech, it did sound like he was going to stay because he'd said that if the vote was close, he might stay on. He wasn't, wasn't a foregone conclusion. Uh, how did you, uh, how did you react to both the result and then what he had to say? Yeah. So, uh, in the lead up to this, this, uh, leadership review, he had said that 50% plus one is a majority. That is a majority said it over over and over again so when when i heard that 51.4% i was like well there you go he he has it um but then he said um as as the the clip had mentioned at, at the top of the the segment it is clearly not adequate support to continue on as leader and is like jaw dropping. I, I tell you, I tell you, Ben, I had written three separate stories depending oh. on the, on the results of the night. And I, not one of them was Jason Kenney wins his majority and resigns. I know we always write, write them in advance, hoping you'll be able to predict what happens. I did the same thing. I thought he would win. I honestly thought he would get more of the vote and stay on. It wouldn't be a big majority, but it would have been more like a 55, 56. And you'd say, you know what? That's enough. You, you, you pay attention to this every day. Um, do you think he made the right call? Was 51.4 just, just not enough? There's, there's, uh, nowhere in, in history that I can think of where a leader has, you know, that low of a, a result. These, these are the people who are supposed to like him, right? And if barely over half of his party members um, say, yes, we want you on, then the, the writing's on the wall at this point. Um, in Alberta, um, there's a more famous number, 77%. That was the amount that both uh, former premiers Ed Stalmack and Alison Redford got in their leadership reviews, and months later they were gone. So anything anything below 70 would have would have been really tough to convince the stay on. 
Yeah, if, if less than 70% of your own party doesn't want you around, it certainly spells trouble. I was curious, I read Brian Jean, uh, you've been sharing some some tweets from different party leaders uh, or, or different politicians tonight. Uh, Brian Jean thanked Jason Kenney for his quarter century of public service for Albertans and Canadians, which is interesting because it reads a bit like an epitaph, which, epitaph, which is uh, perhaps why Brian Jean was uh, was hoping for all through all this. He's been certainly one of those agitating for Kenney to leave. I mean, is this a victory for those who who opposed him in the sense that, uh, or was it so close that it sort of leaves the party up in the air? Well, uh, it's it is a victory for Brian Jean, who he he just won the by election. Bear in mind, he ran on an openly hostile campaign to Kenny. He said, "I'm coming back to get Kenny out," but I, I don't think it's room for a victory lap yet whatsoever because. We still face a very divided caucus, a very divided party, and a very divided province. So whoever's going to step into those shoes has has quite the uphill battle for them. Yeah, how does that how does that unfold now? Uh, I, I gather there's there is the UCP meets tomorrow to decide decide what next. Yeah, so there was um, at, even last week the the schedule came out and caucus was. Um, Slated to meet uh, 9 a.m. in Calgary tomorrow, and uh, what we might have expected was Kenny to say, "Okay, I I won the majority. Uh, sit down, quit being openly hostile to me. Uh, let's get united and move past this now." But instead, they're going to have to pick an interim leader, and the way it works is the interim leader automatically becomes premier. So um, we're uh, going to have uh, a new premier um, soon, and then that interim leader uh, can't run to become the permanent leader. So, in in September, they're going to choose the new permanent leader, or sometime in the fall. I've heard September, but right. that'll be up to the the UCP to decide. They'll certainly have to do it quickly. I mean, you spent a lot of time wandering the halls of the Alberta legislature. What was the mood between, you know, among the different factions uh, within the party? Uh, certainly the mood amongst those who are hoping to see Kenny go and those who are hoping to see him stay. Uh, do you think they can they can unite uh, behind anyone at this point, let alone an interim leader? That's always tough. Uh, so there's, there's a, I mean, before before these results even came in, there were names being floated for interim leaders, certainly. I mean, one of them being uh, Municipal Affairs Minister and a former PC leadership candidate, Rick McIver. Um, there's several cabinet ministers who have been floated as interim leaders, so so certainly there's, there's a few names out there. Um, the tough part will be deciding. <laughs> I think it'll be tougher to decide who will lead as, as permanent leader, because as I mentioned, there's, there's people to the right of Jason Kenney, there's people who are more moderate, uh, centrists, say red, red Tories, um, and it's it's not going to be an easy ride for whoever decides to take the helm. And what about all the promotion of Alberta? I mean, Jason Kenney you know, may not have been particularly popular at this point in his own province, but he certainly did a good, I mean, he was certainly out there promoting Alberta, specifically the last, uh, ever since this leadership review came out, he seemed to have really, really put some wind in his sails. Um, but the whole business of Alberta feels like it's kind of going to, it might grind to a halt a little bit for, for the time being. And that can't be good. Yeah, I mean, uh, Kenny could, wanted this leadership review to be over so he could get back to the business of governing, right? I mean, he was just in Washington, 
um, trying to build consensus for potentially new pipeline or Alberta Energy as a solution. Um, you know, there's the ongoing fights with Ottawa. I always have to stand up to Trudeau if you're right. the leader of, of Alberta. And so now um, they're going to be focused on this internal politics for months to come. What about for uh, the NDP? Was this uh, is this a victory for for them tonight to see Jason Kenny go, or was it better to, or they do they stand a better chance against uh, Jason Kenny going forward? Yeah, so <laughs> I actually based on there was this common ground survey done by um, a team of researchers, and it found that even the majority of UCP voters, so not necessarily members, but UCP voters said they would not vote for Kenny at the helm. Um, so the, a UCP-led uh, government uh, would actually be a, an asset to the NDP in some ways. Now, what I predict tomorrow, after, you know, thanks for the service from Rachel Notley, she has her team lined up. They've been going hard on the nominations. What they're going to say is, guess what? Every single member of that party around the table uh, has been attacking education, has been attacking healthcare, has been um, the, like this is still Jason Kennedy's party. It's still the same same group out there. So right. that's that's kind of the narrative they're going to build. Yeah, I guess the NDP for them, the campaign is already underway and it'll certainly be another chapter in it tomorrow, even though we're a year out from the election. I'm speaking with Catherine Gukowski, Alberta legislature reporter for Alberta Today. We're talking about Jason Kenney's, uh, you know, perhaps everyone knew that the possibility was there today, that the review would show that he had to go. Uh, but he won his leadership review just 51.4%, not nearly enough one would suspect all his talk of staying on if it was close. He was probably hoping that might push the number up, at least into something acceptable into the 60% area, which would have been a challenge anyway. But I guess at 51.4%, there was just uh, no way he was going to, going to be able to hang on with so much division within his own party. After this, we'll talk a bit about what uh, what comes next for uh, for the UCP and where it all went wrong for uh, for Jason Kenney. Stay with us. We've been talking about Jason Kenney's uh, decision. At least he's announced that he will be stepping down as a leader of the UCP, the United Conservative Party, and as Premier of Alberta after a leadership review, uh, the results of which we heard earlier uh, today, late this evening or late this afternoon, really. Uh, 51.4% support is all that he got to a very basic question. Um, do you approve of the leader, essentially, yes or no? And only 51.4% of his own party, keep in mind, his own party membership uh, said no. So we've seen uh, yet another Conservative leader essentially tossed by his own party. Uh, Aaron O'Toole, of course, by Conservative Caucus. In this case, uh, Jason Kenney by membership of the UCP. Uh, Catherine, you've been watching him for the last while. Where do you think it went wrong for Jason Kenney? Where do you think his, his missteps were? How did he become so unpopular within his own party? Well, when he came to the leadership of the UCP, he signed something that was called the Grassroots Guarantee. And so he, he wanted to be this leader for for the membership. And um, a lot of his opponents have, have said that he is arrogant, that it's a very top-down approach. Um, there was, Kenny himself has said that it, a lot of it was due to the tough decisions during COVID. You know, there's people within his party who said he didn't go far enough. There's others who said he went way too far. Um, but you look to our neighbors in Saskatchewan, um, 
they had similar COVID challenges, but um, Mo isn't facing the same uprising from his party. There's been a lot of really contentious decisions he's made, um, uh, potentially opening up coal mining in the Rockies, this rewrite of a curriculum. And so I think his um, his MLAs have been hearing an earful of that. Um, and then the healthcare system has been under strain, and as it has been across the country. But in this case, he has sort of picked a fight with uh, doctors and nurses over their contracts. And he says, hey, we need to get our fiscal health in order, uh, roll back the wages. And that hasn't been so popular either. Well, leadership is tough. You know, I mean, Jason Kenney, again, I remember covering him as a cabinet minister under the Harper government when I was based in Ottawa. And, you know, Stephen Harper ran a very tight ship, but he also, you know, there were, there was nuances there. And I sometimes felt like Jason Kenney understood part of it, but not all of it. Uh, You know, that there was a lot of cajoling behind the scenes kind of, you had to make a lot of friends in other words, and keep people on side, whether through fear or through, uh, or or through kindness. Um, And I'm wondering whether he, he was learning those lessons maybe near the end, but struggled with them at the beginning, struggled with being a leader, essentially a party leader. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I heard is um, from, again, sort of the grassroots side of the party is that, um, they didn't like being told by the staffers that he, speaking of Ottawa, that he brought over from from Ottawa, telling them what to do, um, and and they believe in more of a style of governance where, um, you know, they they come and say what their constituents are telling him, and then the party hashes it out in in those caucus meetings and the cabinet meetings, and there's this consensus where it's like a very uh, top down. Um, I have my plan, this is how it's going, and you're going to go back to your constituents and you're going to represent the party to your constituents instead of the other way around. Yeah, um, Jason Jason knows best, in other words. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. see why that might uh, might have run into some problems. So do you think when with this result out tonight, this 51.4% support, I mean, it suggests, of course, that a majority of those who, who cast ballots did support him. And so that getting re- him resigning and then trying to replace him with someone else, that person's going to have to try to bring 51.4% of the party over as well, if not more, depending on who it is. That's a real tall task ahead of an election in a year's time. Do you think the UCP can, can pull that off? Oh, sure. A year is an eternity in politics, right? I mean, what was it? Ford had uh, four months and he, 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 he took over. He got a commanding majority. So I, I would definitely say there's time. But uh, time is a double-edged sword, you know. There's a lot of time to screw it up too. Um, so either either way, um, I think one of the big questions now is: Do you bring somebody from the outside? Do you bring somebody who hasn't ruffled many feathers from from cabinet? Um, who's who's going to take over as leader? That's going to be the, the next question. Yeah. And and judging just by who's already expressed interest or at least talked about it, it sounds like it's already going to be quite the fight. And we've seen with the federal conservative leadership race, the leadership battles uh, can be a, can be quite the blood sport. Oh, oh, certainly. And I mean, the body's not even cold, so to speak. And there's Brian Jean said, "Hey, yeah, I tend to run for leader." Daniel Smith says, "Hey, join me for a news conference tomorrow at eleven a.m. for my future." Um, so there, there are no shortages of people who are going to want to join the party. Kenny's saying, "Like, hey, we need to be united." He was, and he said the exact same thing. 
we need to be united, not divide against each other. When you saw that really fiery uh, federal debate, when the, the, that first one, when they're all turning on each other and getting real personal, you know, Polyev versus Sheree, and he's saying, oh, no, don't do that. I think he was talking about himself and his own party, but um, <laughs> same applies federally. I only have about 30 seconds left, Catherine, but uh, what was your impression of, of Jason Kenney tonight? He he struck me as being, he was that was sad. That's about as sad as you see, or at least as dejected as I've seen Jason Kenney. Yeah, he's he's not the type to get uh, all teary-eyed, and he was, he was visibly shaken. I mean, politics has been his life for, as Gene said, a quarter century. This is, this is what he does. This is what he eats, sleeps, and breathes. So for him to, this is his first loss in in his political career. So he was definitely, definitely shaken up and there were some tears in that room as well. Catherine Grakowski, uh, thank you so much. It'll be as always an interesting uh, year ahead in Alberta politics. When is it? Uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thanks very much, Ben. The result is not what I hoped for or frankly what I expected. But I've been clear from day one that I will respect the decision of the members in this leadership review. And I expect all members of our party to do just that. Friends, while while 51% of the vote passes the constitutional threshold of a majority, it clearly is not adequate support to continue on as leader. And that is why tonight I have informed the president of the party of my intention to step down as leader of the United Conservative Party. I'm sorry, but friends, I truly believe that we need to move forward united. We need to put the past behind us. And our members, a large number of our members, have asked for an opportunity to clear the air through a leadership election. And I've recommended, therefore, uh, that uh, the provincial board schedule a leadership election in a timely fashion. Jason Kenney announcing his intention to resign tonight after uh, the results of a leadership review within the United Conservative Party. 34,000 ballots cast. Um, Jason Kenney won a majority, 51.4%. And he had spoken earlier of perhaps staying on if the results were close, but perhaps these were simply too close. He spoke uh, during that speech. A, a fairly emotional Jason Kenney spoke of uh, the divisions within the party. Clearly, it was going to be very difficult to continue to lead a party uh, where 48.6% of the party uh, has voted against you, uh, and especially with an election coming up in a year uh, that uh, that already uh, you know showed the NDP were going to put in a tough fight uh, against the United Conservative Party in Alberta, if the polls are to be believed uh, at this point in time. Uh, of course, Jason Kenney's career in politics began long before he became a leader of the UCP and Premier of Alberta. For years, he was in Ottawa, a well-known uh, member of cabinet under Stephen Harper's government. And one of his colleagues, James Moore, uh, was there as well, and he joins me now um, from Vancouver. Thank you so much, James. Uh, appreciate your time. Pleasure to be with you. Uh, I was noticing you tweeted uh, some some well wishes to, to Jason Kenney tonight. Uh, were you surprised at all about the outcome and, and about uh, his decision to step down? Well, I'm not an Albertan, so yeah. so I, I don't know the inner workings of the UCP party and the dynamics on the ground there. So I kind of I'll surrender commentary and judgment on that to right. on that side. But my comments is you know more as a friend. I first met Jason Kenney in 1996 so i so it's, we're coming on 30 years that i've known jason and you know he he is a you know 
politics has been his entire life. Maybe that's not a great thing to not have that to maybe entire lack of professional balance in your life. But Jason is a guy who has served the province of Alberta, served Canadians as a federal cabinet minister uh, with uh, distinction, with substance. Uh, and, you know, has, it, it's the most tireless thing. Habitually, he won the McLean's Magazine Award, which is voted on by other parliamentarians, all parties. You know, he was always voted the hardest working cabinet minister in the government of Canada, the most influential cabinet minister, because he's substantive and thoughtful, hardworking, well-respected uh, across all party lines. Um, you know, he didn't have to go back to Alberta, but the conservative movement fell apart after Rachel Notley won her her historic election campaign, the party, the movement had fractured into multiple pieces. And he went back to Alberta to try to rebuild a movement. And he did do that. And he was elected successfully as, as the premier of Alberta. So his, it, it, when we get a little bit of distance in time between tonight and, you know, people actually writing a full sort of biography of Jason Kenney's accomplishments in public life, he, he will be seen as one of the truly remarkable and impressive politicians of our time. I should mention James Moore is a senior business advisor at the multinational law firm Denton's, a public policy advisor at the global firm Edelman, uh, and of course, the former Minister of Industry in uh, Prime Minister Stephen Harper's cabinet, and a member of Parliament from 2000 to 2015, uh, and a longtime uh, colleague and friend, of course, of Jason Kenney's. Um, leadership is tough. I mean, running a province is tough. When, when he made the move decided to go back to Alberta to become premier. I mean, I remember him really well. Obviously, I remember you all well from the time we were in Ottawa. And he was a tireless worker. I mean, it, you couldn't you couldn't out-hustle Jason Kenney. But leadership is different. Did you ever, um, did you wonder whether he had, whether he would find it tough to be leader of the leader of a party? Two things about that. One, he, he, he said to me, I, I don't think he minds me saying this, you know, right. but he said to me in private, and maybe he'll be more free to sort of make these uh, assessments of things. But I remember him saying, you know, he goes, James, he goes, the distance between being a backbencher and being a cabinet minister is big. And he said, the diff- but the distance between being a cabinet minister and being the leader, being the number one guy, the top job, is so massive that few people understand it. And there are a few people with whom you can actually talk to and consult and sort of get advice about it because it is really something different. And, of course, in, in our Westminster model, um, you know, when you are the leader, you're the leader of the party, you're the leader of the government, you're leading a cabinet, you're leading an agenda. Like it's, it really is all on you. There's enormous responsibility, enormous burden, enormous privilege as well, of course. And so, so I remember him, him commenting that that's number one is, is just that challenge. I mean, I clearly, I think he was up to it. He was elected with a massive majority and, and all that. But the second thing is I would, I would say, um, about the challenges that he uniquely faced is, is I, I think that Alberta is a, is a uniquely challenging province to govern within Canada. Uh, it, it, has, it has been since Ralph Klein, which is, I think, 2005, 2006, was the last time that Alberta had a premier that was reelected to multiple terms. That's a long time ago. Um, you know, they've gone through a succession of one-term premiers. Now, Jason Kenney, Rachel Notley before that, Jim Prentice before that, Ed Stelmack, and so on, uh, Alison Redford. So, so they've had a succession of, of one-term premiers. And, he, and because Alberta is a, is a very divided province culturally, not just politically. You think about, you know, the, the, the um, sort of cosmopolitan, progressive, urban uh, Edmonton and Calgary trying to balance that with, uh, you know, culturally very conservative, very center-right um, traditionalist values that exist in the rest of the province of blue-collar uh, farmers and ranchers and agricultural workers and energy workers in the rest of the province. So you, you have cities that are, that are some of the most votes, some of the most left-wing politicians 
in, in, in the downtown cores of Edmonton and Calgary, then you have some of the most right-wing rural conservative traditional values in the rest of the province. That, that's a very difficult thing for any premier, whether it's Jason Kenney or Rachel Notley, no matter how you look at it. That's a very difficult dynamic to reconcile and to try to govern on behalf of all of Albertans. As I joked to Jason one time, I said, so like literally one on one day, he would be saying, talking about, you know, expanding the Glenbow Museum in Calgary and how it's really important for arts and culture to flourish. And then he'd be at chuck wagon races in Brooks, Alberta, you know, a couple of hours later with, with a cowboy hat on, um, you know, it, it would be like a, a U.S. state that has, you know, it'd be like governing, um, you know, parts of, you know, Oklahoma, but in the middle of it, you have Portland and Chicago. That, that's, yeah. th- th- those are real tensions that are hard to reconcile. Did, did he, was he enjoying it? Was he, was he finding it difficult? I mean, I remember what he, my memories of him as a cabinet minister were just how much he loved, you know, getting out there, shaking hands, getting votes. I mean, just doing the job. I remember how he would just the sheer amount of work he put in to try to rally people around, uh, you know, what at the time, which was a young conservative party when Stephen Harper was there, you know, unknown to many people and how hard he worked to try and get them better known. Um, was he still enjoying his time in politics or had it started to weigh a little bit with all the division and all the criticism that was coming from all sides? Well, I, I think like anybody you know, who's in politics, you want, you want to fight the people that you disagree with, right? You want to debate the people who, who, are, who are in front of you, who you think are wrong, who you think are, who are, who present the wrong vision for the future and all that. And re- internal warfare is just toxic and, and soul-sapping soul and, and difficult and, and really, really uncomfortable because, you're, you know, civil wars are, are you, know, it, you know, it's fratricide instead of fighting, fighting the, the bad guys on the other side that you think you're supposed to be fighting, you know? And so I, I think he found that part of it really exhausting. But look, Jason Kenney as well, you know, he, he first ran for office in 1997. Before that, he was with the Taxpayers Federation. So he, right. he ran for office in 1997. He ran for office again in 2000, ran for office again in 2004, ran again in 2006, ran again in 2008, ran again in 2011, ran again in 2015. He went to Alberta. He ran for the PC leadership and won. Then he ran in the referendum to unite the, the new UCP party. Then he ran for the UCP leadership. Then he ran in a by-election. And then he ran in the general election and became premier. That's a lot of running for office in 20 years, right? That's a lot yes. of politics. And, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, but, you know, are you chipper and excited about politics at the end of all that? I mean, obviously it wears on you. Um, you know, he's, he's aged like we all do in politics, and it's been tough for sure. But... Um, that's a lot of running for office. And I think equally, you know, that's also a lot of Jason Kenney uh, a lot of the time in the media, constantly on your television, in your newspapers, that, that Albertans are sort of forced to have to sort of consume constantly. And, you know, eventually people get tired of you, which I think sort of speaks to part of the, part of the challenge that he was up against and saying, hey, I'd like to stay on and find people are like you again. You know, the same guy who's been here for 25 years running for office every 12 months for something like it's, you know, you, you start burning the candle at both ends, both on in terms of your capacity to sustain the energy necessary to do the job and the public's tolerance of your kind of constantly being in their face, right? Speaking with James Moore, he's a senior business advisor at the multinational law firm Denton's, a policy public policy advisor at the global firm Edelman, and a former, of course, Minister of Industry in the cabinet of Prime Minister Stephen Harper, a colleague and a friend of Jason Kenney's. We're talking about Jason Kenney's uh, decision tonight to step down, both as Premier and as uh, leader of the United Conservative Party in Alberta, after a very close uh, leadership review vote, 34,000 ballots cast, a mail-in ballots, uh, gave him 51.4% support, actually. He won the leadership review, but it, uh, in his mind, just 
wasn't enough to stay on. After this, we'll talk a bit more about what next for Jason Kenney if it's not politics, because it feels like it's always been politics uh, for Jason Kenney. And a bit more just about the conservative movement in general, whether some of the divisions we're seeing in Alberta are the same divisions that the part that the conservative movement across the country is uh, contending with right now, what that might look like in the future. That's next. I'm speaking with James Moore, who's a senior business advisor at Denton's, a uh, multinational law firm, public uh, public policy advisor at Edelman's, and former minister of industry in the cabinet of Prime Minister Stephen Harper, of course. He was the uh, conservative MP for Port Moody, uh, Port Moody Westwood, Port Coquitlam, uh, and its previous incarnation for many years, 15 years in all. And uh, close to Jason Kenney, of course, a cabinet colleague of Jason Kenney's as well. We've been talking about uh, Kenney's decision to resign uh, after a leadership review uh, carried out by his own party today, the membership of the United Conservative Party in Alberta, uh, giving him 51.4% support. Uh, but Jason Kenney, in a speech right afterwards, uh, announcing that, in fact, he was going to step down, even though constitutionally, he had passed that threshold needed to uh, to stay on, feeling that it was better to let the party choose a new leader than to stay on and try to unite a party that was clearly divided. Uh, James, it's, it's felt like, you know, uh, you know, I've watched so many of, the, of you that I used to speak to back when we were in Ottawa in, in the knots, uh, move on to other careers, do other things. Uh, but for Jason Kenney, it's always felt like politics. Uh, what do you what do you think might lie ahead uh, for him now? Well, I suppose he's got a lot of freedom to to, to sort of explore things. You know, he'll yeah. he'll stay on as an MLA. Um, the UCP will do a leadership race for, you know, I'm guessing six months to a year. The next campaign is until so he's got a year to sort of calm things down, smoke things out. I'm actually going to send him a note later tonight to have a sort of talk about it because it, it it is a transition, right? It's sort of like uh, you know when the treadmill stops and you still have those rubbery legs. I don't know if they've ever developed a word for that, but you know, you know, the treadmill stops and it feels weird. You still have that, you know, so like to, to go from, for Jason, I'm sure working 16 to 18 hours a day uh, and doing that for, you know, 15, 20 years, if you add sort of federal cabinet premiership leadership races and all that. And this has been all consuming for him for a long time. It takes a long time to sort of decompress and to sort of, for lack of a better phrase, think like a normal person, to not think about politics or think like a politician and kind of always be assessing things and, you know, where am I, who's riding is this, and, or, you know, who's that, and what do they mean, and what does it mean for it? Like, it, it, you have to sort of really sort of reprogram yourself after a life of that. So, but once he does do that, you know, he's, he's, he's an accomplished, thoughtful person who can do a lot of, a lot of things. He's well-networked around the world, not just in Canada, uh, and I'm sure he'll have, he'll have plenty of opportunities. And, and just in terms of some of the fights we're seeing in Alberta right now, and we have, of course, a conservative leadership race, a federal one going on. Now we're going to have a uh, United Conservative Party leadership race going on in uh, in Alberta. I mean, we're seeing some fault lines. It's 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 certainly an interesting time to watch it as an observer. Uh, but what are you seeing there? Is that do we witness that again today? That, that trying to to play into the middle has has been you know, trying to satisfy both sides of these divides has been tough. And how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, each one has its own circumstance. But I mean, you know, look, you. you, you you try to assess things like you, you can have a conversation about Jason Kenney and the United Conservative Party and why what happened happened. You could talk about Aaron O'Toole. You could talk about Brian Pallister in, in Manitoba and why he went down, the troubles in the BC Liberal Party, the troubles. You know, so, but, but if you, you, you try to look for a common denominator and a commonality of it all, if you look at Aaron O'Toole, Jason Kenney, um, and, and people in the Conservative Party, you know, Jean Charest getting attacked, Patrick Brown getting attacked for not being a real conservative. Conservatives are going down not because the because the public is bringing down conservatives, but because conservatives are bringing down conservatives from the from the right and, and really the far right. And I, I consider myself, you know, I mean, I'm a lifelong conservative, but mm -hmm. if, if you look at that, like, like Jason Kenney is, is being brought down for a bunch of reasons, but chief among them is because 
he believed and surrendered to the to the medical science of the importance of fighting uh, COVID and putting in place vaccine mandates. And his caucus rebelled against him for that. Right? Um, that that's that's unique. Uh, whereas whereas in, in so so it, it cost him the leadership of his conservative party. Uh, but in in Ontario. Doug Ford, who, who did very similar things in terms of public policy, but and even going further in terms of closing schools with vaccine mandates and other things, he's he's about to get reelected, perhaps with a, with a majority, an even bigger majority than he had before. So conservatives bringing down conservatives for being insufficiently conservative, and then leaving the field open for other parties to govern in their place, uh, is is becoming a bit of a, a crisis within the conservative movement to the point where you can you can imagine it, frankly, in the near future, where you have. John Horgan, who's got 60-70% approval rating in British Columbia, the NDP, who have a 5-10 to 10 point lead in D.C., Rachel Notley, who's got a 5-10 to 10 point lead in Alberta over just a generic UCP, the Saskatchewan party in Saskatchewan having its challenges, and now they've had five elections in a row where they've won, so that's going to run out eventually, and the NDP are the alternative there. And then in Manitoba, you've got Premier Stephenson, who's in real trouble in Manitoba, and the, 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 the NDP are ahead in the polls there. So you, you could absolutely see, if there was an election held today, where all four Western Canadian provinces are led by NDP governments, mostly because conservatives have cannibalized other conservatives for being insufficiently conservative, not because their governments are necessarily out of step with, with what the public wants, but because conservatives have said, you're not conservative enough, and I would rather bring you down than and, and allow the NDP to govern our province than to let you continue to be an insufficiently conservative conservative. Um, so I think there's some soul searching to do amongst the conservative movement about what our expectations are of our leaders and also for leaders to reflect on how they, how they reconcile the divisions within, within the conservative parties of Canada. James Moore, uh, thanks as always for your insight. Uh, fascinating conversation. And thank you for taking the time tonight on short notice at that. I appreciate it. You bet. Take care of yourself. 